Welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Mark and Max from Woodpecker Games. These two game designers have built the immersive cyberpunk world of Nanolith. The first game in this world launches on Kickstarter next week. Mark, Max, welcome to the binge. How are you doing? We're happy to hear. Yes, <laughs> we're very happy to be here. Yeah. So, uh, guys, I mean, this we're going to get into this game in a second. Uh, I know you haven't launched yet on Kickstarter, um, but uh, what we'll do is we'll provide links to people to check out the game and your website uh, leading into this campaign next uh, week. It looks super cool. Uh, the artwork is amazing. But before we get into that, as you guys know, I love to get into people's histories. And you guys have got some really interesting histories that I want to kind of just dabble with. So first, let me start with Mark. Uh, you, is, Am I correct? You're an opera singer? Yeah, actually, this is a job I do quite a lot, yeah. And so <laughs> so, so you're an opera singer, uh, you're into theater, you run, I believe, a theater company. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Like, what's what's that all about? Yeah, sure. So normally, if you get an opera singer in, in Germany, you just study opera singing. So there's a very vivid like opera company infrastructure in Germany, like a lot of houses, a lot of theaters, and a lot of people work professionally as singers. Yeah. And you have to study for a few years, and then you just like get, get into solo parts for the theater, or you're doing a lot of choir singing, you have like freelance projects. And that's the thing I do for a living like the last, a bit for a living like the last 10 years. That is super cool. I, I've only actually talked to one other uh, game designer that that was actually in the uh, same thing was in opera. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe <laughs> yeah, but it. You already met one, so congrats. I mean, it's not so there are not so many people. It's not so unique anymore now that I've met two. <laughs> it's fine. I don't need to be unique. I'm just. I mean, if I would really describe my job now, because like it changed quite a lot a few years yeah. ago, I would just say I'm an artist. So I do different things, like do different art projects. Singing, yeah. theater making is part of it, but I'm also like quite active as a writer. So I do libretti, I do poems for Liedzyklen, so musical kind of poetic and stuff writing and drama writing. And then I have a children's literature project in which I do children's literature as well. And I'm writing for like publishers for their new theater productions and I organize myself as well and sing as a soloist in this production. So, so I do all the stuff. I do also music videos and like everything you can do as an artist that like produce awesome artistical content. Oh, uh, super and cool. Mostly theater and music stuff, but now like as well, Nanolith because I always played like games like super hard and wanted to do a thing like this <laughs> forever. So is it like, are, like even in just like stories, I guess too, right? So even inside of music, are you, are you writing like, stories and plays and yeah, things exactly. like that yeah I, I write prose like fictional prose um in different genres like i always yeah. did like fantasy literature for myself like and also for the campaigns i did as a pen and paper like yeah guy yeah but um like since a few years i'm also doing it like for a living like get paid pay for it people are ordering it or i just publish my own stuff which i sell over the via the internet via the websites and i also get asked from people like to write something for them publishers or stuff yeah Wow. It's, it always amazes me, or I guess it doesn't amaze me anymore that, you know, people will find ways to take, you know, creativity in, in their lives. And then they channel this as almost just kind of one further output for that. Right. So whether it be, um, someone who's, you know, working in the tech industry, right. And, but they've got these creative ideas that they can't necessarily get out, 
yeah, you know, in their day to yeah. day job, what they'll do is they'll they'll use like the board game industry to kind of focus that that creative channel, where you have kind of. I mean, you're living as a creative channel. You've still found a way to say <laughs> it's the it. only thing I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to but channel this over here. And, and so, how do you how do you separate those things? Do you do you find that like everybody's job? I find typically you when you get home, you want to do something different than than what your day job is. Right? No, there is no there is no difference. <laughs> like there is no there is no definition of like working and living. It's just like the same thing. Okay. I just love I love being a theater. You know, for example, the theater thing is like super crazy because the lifestyle a lot of people at the theater have, have is like really awesome. Like there's a lot of partying. It's yeah. awesome <laughs> awesome stuff on the on the theater as well. Like there's happening so much emotional stuff. Yeah. And then you go out like with a lot of adrenaline and a lot of people just wanting to stay outside. It's a really nice kind of living as well. So I wouldn't say like board games is my escape from this kind of living it's just something different i love to work from home and i love to be like alone as yeah. well for myself and i like to do the solo writing with myself this like an extension awesome. yeah and then yeah. max uh you were saying uh when i was looking at your bio um you guys actually got into like 3d terrain modeling and things like that for other games can you can you talk to us a little bit about that uh, yeah, of, of course. It was like that, that I um, I, I told you that I uh, built uh, playgrounds for child. Yeah. I planned them and built them with child. And building is one of my nature. I like to build things. And I like to also, like Mark, I, I play a lot of games. Absolutely same. Artist from heart. Yeah. And then <laughs> I, I start to think that I create some... Um, terrain stuff for games like Warhammer, Star Wars Legion and, and the first time I do that for myself at home and make some Instagram pictures and um, try to start a, a small shop that was called Wasabi War Games <laughs> uh, and do that a little bit closer in the first thing and then two things happen first things I meet uh, Fabian, the mm. other guy yeah we have uh, three partners in yeah. the games now I, I, I meet Fabian and Fabian and I, he say, come, let us make this, uh, come, let us make a company. We grown little app and, and we do love them. But then something's happened. I get a message on Facebook from a guy called Michael Gordon. Okay. Said, yeah. I'm yeah. Michael Gordon from the War Carnegie YouTube channel. Do hmm. you want to play Star Wars Legion with me? And I say, you're based in the USA. No, I'm living in Stuttgart. I'm in the US Army. That's okay. I say, what? Yeah, yeah, come to me. We, uh, I love your terrain. We promote you. And he said, yeah, of course. And it was five minutes from my home. From my home ago, he lives there. He make we, he have the biggest channel in the whole world. Living yeah. This is <laughs> the biggest channel in the whole world. Yeah, for Star Wars Legion. Yeah. Okay. The, now he stopped the channel, but uh, when Star Wars Legion grows up, I don't know, five years ago. Yeah. And I come to him and I play. I show him my terrain. We, we got really good friends. I I enjoy. The time with Michael was really awesome. We make a campaign, make all the videos on YouTube, playing games, show terrain, and the shop explode. Mm. <laughs> uh, the people like my terrain. They like the stuff I designed. I am. Um, I designed some control controlling boards for tracking the missions and the objectives. I do this for the Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, and the people like them. And yeah, it comes close. And sometimes, uh, no, it was a thing that was always in the bottom of my heart. At the beginning, when I was the first time playing Final Fantasy IX, and I see the intro scene that the airship goes into Limbloom. I don't know if okay. you know the scene from from the from the Final Fantasy IX from PlayStation One. And when I see as a young child, when I see this scene, I don't know why, I realize and I say to myself, one time, once time, one time in my life, I want to make 
own game. I want to make games. That's what I want to do, making games. It was clearly when I see that. Uh, but I put this long in my bottle and there comes a lot of a lot of other things in, in the life, study and making the playgrounds and starting with the terrain. Yeah. But sometimes this this <laughs> this feeling comes back again from, from, yeah, from sure. the bottle of my heart. And, and then you were starting up like this analyst, didn't you? Like when we were inventing the name. Yeah. The first that... was the name, the analyst. Yeah, yeah. Mean, he was like thinking about the monolith all the time, cool work. Like, like, uh, so you've got one guy that's into like building schoolyards, the other guy that's in the theater. We are both like very avid uh, infinity players. Yeah. yeah, WhatsApp. He yeah. comes back to Stuttgart, <laughs> sent a message. I need players in Stuttgart for Infinity. Yeah, you know, exactly. Infinity from there's in Germany like a very avid yeah. like Infinity game gamers connection, and yeah. we are playing both these games very avidly. Also, Fabian. And when I came to Stuttgart, I asked him to play a game, and then I met him, and yeah. he was like talking about this idea he had. Always, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually, these were two conversations. Thing. I mean, two yeah. important conversations. And the first one was like, I was like, okay, this guy's serious about it, and okay, this is a very, very good idea. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, thinking about it, oh, this is so much work. If we should really do this, it's like incredible, an incredible project. And then I came back, and he was like, it, I could like get into this. He showed me the mechanics, the very, very first mechanics of like placing those dice, and I was yep. like, oh yeah there's something to work with and then how does how does fabian fit into because there's three of you all together right so there's the two of you and then there's Fabian. and then Fa how does fabian fit into the mix and fabian he's a player too but he's more his work is more in the background he's not the guy who designed something he he liked to make all of this stuff uh, talk to talk to people with emails and like yeah, bookkeeping and the financial stuff he's a business guy He's the business guy, or we want him to be the business we guy. This guy. We need of him course. to be the business guy. <laughs> so when I when I look at Nanolith, right? So the, it's best described as cyberpunk, right? Which looks super cool. I know a lot of people love cyberpunk. Where did the idea initially come from? Like, what was kind of the genesis of the the idea for this world you guys have created? The genesis of the idea was that we want to create a world. In there, we can use magic in a okay. way of cyber technology. technology. And then we make that, that the right. nanomachines are in the air and you can use them by controlling them. And that's totally magic. So, uh, because the, you have yeah. to think the nanomachines are in your brain as well. They're in the earth, they're in the water, they're in the, in, in the air. They are everywhere. And every person in every device, like everywhere. And via your brain, you can control all these tiny machines everywhere on earth and can do any effects. Like it's crazy. You can like, you have total creativity playground for awesome sci-fi, cyberpunk ideas yeah. and monsters and uh, situations. And we built up like a very dystopian future model. Like there's this gigantic tower in the middle, which holds the nanolith, this strange alien cultural artifact, which is organizing all the nanomachines in the city. Yeah. And they are like, they grabbed it after a big war from the Sulu, were super peaceful and brought it to earth and like wanted to like have a present for humanity. Yeah. And humans were just taking it from them, smashing this yeah. culture, embedding it in a tower, destroying the whole earth and now controlling the last city on earth with an yeah. artificial atmosphere by a very very evil company yeah but, and, and then you wake up in this reality and are super powerful like <laughs> super humanly powerful and can yeah. control everything and you're like the weapon against this thing this whole society and i think the thing with the nanolith as a symbol is like that i i don't I have to say, it, I'm really influenced by Final Fantasy. Yeah, and when too. you take a look of Final Fantasy, in the middle of Final Fantasy, 
always is be the legend of the crystals. You have these uh, mighty crystals in Final Fantasy. You find them in the logos. You find them in the music. You find you and find they are all in a different context. So yeah, also in yeah. Different games. They, they they always appear, but they are just yes. a red herring, but a very beautiful aesthetic. To yes. Awesome and this kind. And I want to create something like this crystal, something that you realize. Is much cooler. I mean, think about an alien <laughs> server <laughs> technology thing in a yeah. tower. This also replaces like something like the Metropolis movie or something yeah. like mm -hmm. really old science fiction. Mm -hmm. Themes. And the thing with bubble, we have a bubble tower. And it was uh, in this time when I when we're starting with Nanolud, I working as a church to recording some podcasts for, for a church. And I sit there and I listen to what they say, and they talk about the bubble tower. I say, yeah, that's cool stuff for science fiction. <laughs> and I really make yeah, my notes. So this idea of magic, um, but it being kind of the technologies in the air. Yeah. So you've got these molecules basically everywhere that are essentially nanobots. And yeah. so when you're trying to communicate and trying to do something, you're communicating to those nanobots that are everywhere and gives the appearance of magic. Is that is that fair? You can all, all yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, you could yeah. like manipulate with your brain, for example, the growth of a tree if you want to. Oh, that's super I mean, cool. the, the nanomachines yeah. could like adapt to specific recessors of the tree. If you have yeah. like, you can, if the technology is so much advanced that you don't even know, have to know how it works, just to have the Anwendungstechnologie, yeah. so just yeah. you know how to use it, you could do anything. It's a want. neat spin, right? So how do you take magic and put it into kind of a futuristic, scenario well you can do that by making it the it's technology based it's just the appearance of magic but really it's technology which is i think it's mostly about you know always in those old jrpgs you always have the magic tag like in the final mm -hmm. fantasy yeah and it's not always it's mostly about dealing damage but it's also it's like giving cool effects like permutating uh, the system mechanics and stuff like that and you can like really profile it to the characters which is yeah. like the most important thing magic is perhaps just a word it's actually super cyberpunky and sci-fi because it's always you can imagine it very well yeah. like regenerating yeah. nanomachines regenerating yourselves after you're hit or something are like a super technological picture but they are very easy to understand yeah yeah but the the, 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 the you know i think about magic is something i i think about when i think about magic i'm free you know i can do anything yeah. with magic and i will create this feeling and we need this for the encounters because every encounter is like super unique yes. it has like a total new set of special rules and uh, tactical appearances yeah. so and you can use like <laughs> super different settings so to say yeah. like not only aesthetically but also like from a game mechanics standpoint from the just tactical appearance of the encounter and super awesome we make something like that when you put in the nano machines into your body, oh, yeah. you uh, you create new one, you uh, reparatur. What yeah, they uh, repair themselves repair and the, they regenerate. The okay. You put in iron, you repair them, put it out, and the best is the best whenever is. you put inside nanomachines, they're making a, a backup of your body, of your of your things, of all of you, of your and unconsciousness, of so your to unconscious. Say. So all what you put in, and then all of you you put out into air. So we have a cyber reality called the Nano Eater. Nano Ether. Ether yeah. is around the whole world, and it's, it's a like our cyberspace. Yeah, psychedelic cyberspace. It's very highly yeah. in, influenced by Carl Gustav Jung, like unconscious, like the the idea yeah. of something which is like. <laughs> Is building the basement for a little, your little psyche, so you can really travel to can travel to yeah. memories. You like permutate stuff from your memories. You have to go to old places, but it's also that these things which are there can appear in reality. Like it's a double edged yeah. sword. Think but, of like Stranger Things, like the portal yeah. thing. Like it's always yeah, like Stranger Things. There. Or we it's have cool. we have scenarios like you can imagine with um, one Inception. Is, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, one is trapped That's inside like... the nano user and, <laughs> like and So the story is quite immersive. I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> The artwork, which I'm showing for people that are watching, uh, is is pretty awesome. I mean, I don't know if you guys did the artwork internally or if you contracted this out, but 
I mean, it looks awesome. Who who did your artwork for you? Uh, there's a lot of yeah. stuff, uh, but um, most of the stuff you're seeing on the website is uh, made by Douglas Duarte. Yes, like he's doing all the um, character illustrations. He did like the city map. He did like a lot of stuff in the encounter book and the storybook cover and stuff like this and mm. also like, a lot of illustrations for the book but no the storybook cover is not for him I, okay. I, don't, yes, don't, yeah, yeah yeah it is sorry yeah okay <laughs> but like you see him a lot on the internet right now but yep. he's one of uh, a team of illustrators which are working for us uh, super cool so can you explain for people to, to help them understand like what is the how how what's the basic essence of this game like what what are like how do you play this game so it's an rpg right and it's a dungeon crawler i believe yeah. i make the opening you can Okay, finished. For me, it was important. That was the first thing to what I say to Mark. I want to create a game where the character are based in the middle of the story. That's for me an RPG. RPG in the first line for me is that the characters and the story are in the front and I deliver to the story and I um, get all everything, the- all structures so, yes. are related to the story. Everything is going away from the story. Like the story, the idea which story we want to tell is like the main thing of any mechanic. Yeah, mm. we have four characters there are focused in, and, and yes, the, everything happens directly yeah. to the player. Like it's as if you're playing a role playing game. You are the character around all the story evolves. Like it has this old RPG vibe with really saving the world and being the most yeah. the center of the story. Yeah. So this was very important. Yeah. So there's yeah. a storybook, and then there's I think an mm-hmm. event book, right? And these two things work hand in hand, and it's like a choose your own adventure, right? It's much cooler, actually. I see yeah. this stuff in the window. Okay, so um, the there there are two books, like they're cross referencing each other, yeah. but the main book is like the encounter book. It's the big one, like it's like an LP, yeah, you know, like the old mm-hmm. format of the LP, like two A four parts, and then two of them. It's very big, and you have everything inside. It's your window. Yeah, this is the how you look into this world. It's like as if everything is happening in this book. Yeah. You have like, comics which are telling you stories. You have lobbies in which you which you enter big illustrations where you can interact with certain text uh, things which are like just written there. You can just read, read it. Then you come to the encounters. You have everything there. If you enter a new area, you can go back to the city and enter new areas which are also pages on the book. You just turn the page, then you are there, and then you enter shops and stuff and different things. So. This is the main idea. We don't want any like setup time, but we lead players through an open world thing via this visual component, which is the book. And there's happening like a lot of stuff. And it plays four, is it one to four or is it two to four players? How many players? It's one to four players. So there's a, a an AI programmed into the game, which is like the, the solo play app. It's always solo play in a way because the AI is like the main thing which we are doing. This is like the hardened meat of the thing via specialist rules. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> coordinating what the, what the AI is doing and how this expresses in regards to the characters. And there's a leveling aspect as well, but like this is the main thing, yeah, it's in the book. It's playing against you. So one to four players. And then with your player boards, one thing that really kind of pulled me in when I was looking through the materials and watching some of the playthrough videos was this mechanic. It's like there's dice drafting in this too, right? So you got dice manipulation and then that allows you to activate certain things. Um, I think that, uh, can you, can you talk to us a little bit about that? That's, uh, for me, it was a little bit unique kind of the way that was working with your RPG. It's like all of these dices are the beautiful nanomachines into your body. Oh yeah. The, the, at the, the beginning of the, uh, of the character phase, you roll them and you see what the nanomachines have for you, but you can still manipulate them. You can make it plus one, minus one, then you need them for, um, 
things like uh, you all make actions. It, all actions. So and let me just interrupt shortly. Yeah. I mean, there's um, they, the most important thing about this is, I mean, perhaps you know those games as let's say the Silver Tower release uh, Warner Quest thing, where you put like a die and you activate with the number of the die and it needs yeah. to be high enough. I was like, it's, this is super flawed the system because if you don't roll high enough you have this pool in general but mm -hmm. the individual dice don't are not then if they are not okay they're not okay and you have a bad bad turn yeah so we had like this we, we need a quite a few dice like five and then we, we are allowed to manipulate any dice each round one number up or one number down and this like makes you so much more efficient and we yeah. have like skills which um are like activated by certain dice patterns so you have like to have to have doubles or triples or a, a row of dice and then you can activate special abilities which you have like equipped this is very important this is you are also moving with these dice you're activating on this base so everything is done with these five dice after you're done your five dice the next one is it's his turn and he's doing his five dice and this is the character turn like everybody doing his stuff but the most important thing is like the stress part if you have seen it yeah the stress indicator so then the, that yeah. stress indicator is going up every time you're manipulating dice is it or is it every time yeah yes exactly yeah. Any time, every time you're manipulating one die you can just stress gets one up there's two more occasions every time you're rolling a one so everyone is also stressed as well and then there are certain numbers on the player board so every second fourth and sixth and eighth dice um it's getting one up as well so it's it's regulating itself yeah. it's always like pounding it's but the timing process it's easy you see it written on the player board. it's, super, easy. it's you, super awesome the dice are the uh, best thing is, <laughs> wait, sorry, say, say. Uh, you, you place a, a you place a cube on the player board, so you yeah, see dice, like, and then you see you get this. Yeah. But the 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 thing is, these manipulating that shows really good the struggle of the yeah. world, how you struggle fighting into this world because the stress gives you damage when the bar is full. But in this in the moment where you get stressed like that, that you get a damage because the nano machine uh, overheats. Yep. You unlock your real power, the power that it's inside in you, and that's the nano shock. Then you can release this this great attacks like from Final Fantasy, like the limit attacks. Limit attacks. You the, the samurai rush around, attack anyone anyone in 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 threat of line. Uh, you can hack. Cora uh, can just control uh, enemies, yeah. like activate them, moving them around, well, and let them attack each other. So and, it's really like permutating the system heavily. Yeah, and the important thing is that the journey of the characters are. And the nanoshocks, it's close in the story because that's why the characters in the middle of the story, because we have this potential to make this incredible stuff, yeah. but they don't know them because they have an amazer. Mm. And we find out in the game how, yeah, how special they are. Yeah, and let's let's go let's go to this point just shortly. Yeah. I want to want to leave some, something about nano shocks. Yeah, I mean, um, you can like in some way because if you're not manipulating your dice, you cannot yeah. uh, like you don't get the stress so fast. Yeah. So you can say how crazy you get, and it's the 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 AI is like um, programmed quite heavily, so the the enemies are, are pushing you quite hard, and they're yeah. spawning and activating in the same same round, yes. round so they just come and uh, hack you. <laughs> so you have to be really good in your turns. So you really want to get a lot of stress and you get yeah. all those incredible nanoshocks it really feels like superhuman rushing around but you also get always damage when you get the nanoshock so you're killing yourself while doing it and the healer has a lot to do and now you have minis i think in this game as well right that i've seen so there's going to be some minis yes. as well there are five character minis as well yeah 
Um, so in the deluxe edition, you also get the minis, and um, but the, the game is mostly played by with the accrued standees. Also in the base pledge, there will be accrued standees for the heroes, so you will like always yeah. play. You These are acrylic standees, you're standees. saying? Yeah, acrylic standees. Yeah, yeah. They, this is the, the the idea behind it because this looks really cool, and you can see through the standees on the map, so you see all the iconography on the map as well. It's much. It's also very good, and you don't have to paint it. <laughs> it is like. I want his minis. I want yeah, these me too. four minis. I, 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 it was he doesn't give it to me. I mean, I will have the prototype here for weeks and he doesn't he <laughs> give me the minis for doing the videos. And then, then I say, in the, in the beginning, I say, I want to have the characters as minis. I, I really totally agree with the acrylic standees, but I'm a, I love miniatures. I, I love miniatures. I mean, I love miniatures. And I, I say, and that's the good way because Mark and I can work together because we are... Um, always have the same feelings. I say, Mark, we need minis. Just no, it's like, it's, it's say, sure, yeah, we need minis. Yeah, we cannot yeah, do everything right. with minis <laughs> because we'll be too expensive beforehand, but yes. we can do at least the characters. So yeah, would be cool with minis, wish. but acrylics and these other things. Yeah. What is the length of playtime for a game? So how long does a game last? Actually, it's, let me just say something. But it's yeah. actually it's quite important that the combat encounters are only like half of the thing. Like you have an open world in which you are moving with the storybook, so we have a lot of story to di discover. Yeah. It's legacy going on. There are five chapters, and each chapter explains like the background of the character because very important. The characters have all amnesia; they don't know nothing about themselves, and they, they wake up in this terrible future. And each chapter we describe like the, the history of this one character, and people from the past appear, and you have a big boss fight in the end. And you are moving around in an open world in which you have a lot of different lobby to explore and mm -hmm. um, different places to go with the big illustrations so this is the other half like this narrative you also find like short stories choose your own adventure short stories which are obligatory not obligatory you can just if you don't want to read them you can skip them but there are also these kind of things mm -hmm. so this is half of it and then how does that impact the replayability when you have like these <laughs> obviously with legacy sometimes you, yeah. that, that becomes an issue right you play it once and then it's like okay that was Totally well upon it. I, it has the same replay value as Final Fantasy VII. Yes. Okay. <laughs> if you if you have a game which is totally awesome, you just play it again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the the engine of replaying this game is maybe not that you uh, that you find other yeah. parts. I don't think the end game. It's not about the end game. Like, no, it's not having, about like, the end game. But sixty the hours more in like this game stuff. is the story. You want you Final you Fantasy's understand. first turn is always like you experience the story. If and you are so into it, you want to see it again, you will have seen the story, but you can still play in this yeah. in this world if you want to. Yeah. So yeah, this is the this is the thing we were thinking about. This is what we want to do. So this campaign comes out next week. And what what's the plan? Be it like obviously the first objective is to get funded, get oh, this yes. guy at the door. But I imagine you're already probably thinking ahead as to kind of what's the next iteration. Is it is it gonna stay in this world? Are you guys working on another game as a game company, or is it is Nanolith going to be kind of what's going to take up the time for the next foreseeable future? I can say something. Sure. At the end of the game, we have two timelines and we don't know which timeline we follow. Yeah, actually, yeah. we're also thinking, <laughs> I mean, there are two possible endings, yeah, not to say yeah. too much. And those endings are very different. And actually, it would be like really awesome to have like people just sending us the answer to which ending they yeah. have, and then just have a vote for the next game in which yeah. world we want to place it. Actually, Nanolith will take our time for the foreseeable future, but sure. new projects, I want to have a land crawling aspect to yes. it, like a strategical way of like crawling over the land and have like a new, an, another layer of game on top of it, but yep. we need more time for it and it will yeah. not come like tomorrow or something. But certainly it, it will be within this universe though, right? 
And yeah. we, then we also think about a sequel to this. I mean, this thing is so awesomely expandable. This, yeah. uh, there's so much stories to tell. I, I can say the story feels like the end of humanity. You play in the end time of humanity, but it's the beginning of a whole universe. Yeah, it's a, so a turning point. Is, yeah, it's a, that's a French the, revolution that's or something. Oh, that's super cool. Well, gentlemen, for people who want to follow along, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a link in the show notes, right? So if they yeah. want to you know, check out the campaign, head to the campaign page, hit the follow me button so that you're notified when these guys go live. Uh, certainly you can go to nanolith-world.com if you want to check out their website and see what the game is all about there. Uh, but certainly check it out on Kickstarter. Often uh, just give them a little follow. Uh, can sometimes help with the algorithms as well. So I'm sure they'd appreciate all the love uh, oh, yeah. people sent your way. Woodpeckergames.com, I believe, also has your social media handles there too. So if people go to that, yeah, they can find them you, easily. You will find us. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, gentlemen, <laughs> I want to wish you all the best of success of this campaign. It looks super awesome. I'm excited for you guys, man. The artwork is amazing. The story is the stuff I geek out over this stuff all the time. So you can definitely see the love you guys have put into this and the excitement and the energy you have around <laughs> awesome. it. So all the best next week when you launch, I'll be watching this one for sure. Awesome. Right. Thanks. Take care. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.